It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, 1980s movie heartthrob and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey coach, I'm in my car, I'm on my way to a campus, and I just wanted to take some time to talk to you about this question, which is one that we get a lot, and it's one that every coach asks at some point in every recruiting cycle, why are my prospects delaying their decision? Now, lots of different reasons, we're going to go through them, but more importantly, what I want to give you through this quick talk is a roadmap for how to guide them out of that delay, really have you understand why it's happening, and at the end of it all, be able to convert more of these prospects to a yes or to a no, because sometimes the delay means they're not interested, and that's probably what your gut is telling you, but there are some ways to figure that out for sure. So that's the scope of the the talk that I want to give. And again, sometimes... If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we used to do the Driving with Dan segments, and sometimes this is the only place that I don't have the phone ringing, there's nothing in front of me, and I'm just able to think and talk and take some time to answer some things that I hear happening and getting asked a lot uh, about just day-to-day that I just don't have time to go into, and today I do. So I want to talk to you for 20-25 minutes on this topic to try to give you a head start and an understanding as to why this is happening, why it's not just you, it's happening all over the country, uh, and it has for a long time, all division levels, all sports. It applies to every coach listening. So let's dive into it. Why are prospects delaying their decision? And I want to start with a story, a personal story, that I've told in different settings and workshops. Sometimes it comes up if uh, if the topic uh, arises, and so you may have heard this before. If you've had us on campus to conduct one of our two or three day recruiting workshops, and by the way, quick commercial break. If you haven't done that, please go to dantutor.com, look at the workshops tab. We would love to uh, talk to you about how that can happen for your athletic department, and you can also email me dan at dantutor.com. Okay, commercial over. So you go back. In the Dan Tudor life, probably 25 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago now, first married uh, just a couple of years. I was in a totally different corporate field of work and sales and management and training. And I get a call from my beautiful wife, Teresa, saying, hey, what time are you going to be home? Because I have a guy coming over who sells these really fantastic knives, kitchen knives, steak knives, and my sister just had him over. They're going to get some. I want to see what he has to say. I want to get some too. Now, um, this is not what most people want to hear at the last minute in their day, that they're going to come home and after a full day of selling, selling, talking about sales, teaching, training, and managing sales, now I'm on the flip side of this and I'm going to be sold something or I'm going to attempt it to be sold something. And so I reluctantly, because I love my wife, said, okay, sounds good. Yeah, let's see what he has to say. I did not go into this with a positive attitude. So get home. Uh, the guy shows up right on time. It's 5.36 o'clock. 
and starts to unwrap and display these beautiful knives. Um, cleavers, steak knives, gigantic cutting knives. Uh, he was explaining how they were made, how were they better than the other products out there. He started cutting through things that I thought you'd need a chainsaw to cut through. But his knives, I mean, it just sliced through it so easily. Uh, would cut the toughest and biggest piece of meat that you could throw at it, uh, as well as things that, again, would probably not need to be cut in a normal dinnertime setting. But his knives could do it, and his knives were very expensive. Uh, 30 years ago, um, fairly newly married, maybe a little more expensive than I wanted to invest in things that would cut food. But oh, my wife was excited. Um, they were fantastic. And in, my, in the back of my mind, I remember thinking, you know what? They are really good. They would probably last a long time. They have this you know, 400-year guarantee, whatever it was. And I'm starting to think, okay, well, I don't really want to. I don't know if we can afford it, but they're really good. And my sister-in-law, she has some now, and so I don't want to... You know, not do it because she's doing it. And so all this weird sort of justification as to why I'm going to buy these steak knives takes place. And so he's going through, he's going through all the options, and he can tell as I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to figure out where, how, how are we going to pay for it? What do we want to pay for it? Is this worth it? And he saw that, and he did something then that is at the core of what I want to talk to you about today. He then says to me, because he sees me looking and waiting and hesitating. He says, you know what? If you want to think about it for a week, maybe 10 days, talk about it together, and then just get back to me, I can do that too. I light up, and instantly inside of me, I think, there's my out. And I said, absolutely, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let us talk about it, and we'll give you a call back. Well, guess what? We didn't give him a call back. I think he maybe called once or twice. We never returned the call. The thrill of the moment was gone. We cooler, calmer senses prevailed, and we didn't get the $9,000 set of steak knives or whatever it was uh, at, at that time. So my point is this. When we as humans are faced with making a tough decision, one of the things that we want to do, if it's a tough, long-term, important decision, is we want more time. So the fact that we're here today talking about your, your student-athlete prospect that you've been talking to, creating a relationship with, you want him or her in your program, and now it's starting to get time to make a decision. In fact, they were the ones who said, yeah, coach, I'll decide by x date probably that where i'm going to go and then x date rolls around and it's two weeks after that one or two weeks after that and and what's happening they want more time just one more school to look at i thought i was going to be ready i'm not they want to what they want to pull a dan and delay and just like that knife salesman a lot of college coaches will give in to that okay hey take your time and yeah we don't want to pressure you so just keep us updated it will talk here in the next week or two but just keep us on your list we're really interested absolutely coach yeah you're in my top five um really appreciate that it's just a tough thing and my dad really wants me to go visit this other school so thank you i'm just that that's great and 
in some way, shape, or form, you have a couple of those usually thrown at you every recruiting cycle. Whether you offer full athletic scholarships or not, it's something that you just are faced with. Why? Because it's normal. It's a normal human reaction to making a tough decision. And you're asking them to make a tough decision when you are asking them where are you going to play college athletics and compete uh, athletically at this next level. Understand that as they go into this decision-making process, unlike me with the knives, I was not dreaming of a new set of steak knives to uh, move through life with. On the other hand, your prospects, your student-athletes, have been working as hard as they've worked and have played club sports as long as they've played them or have done the personal workouts with the trainer for as long as they have for the express purpose, in most cases, of getting the chance to play college athletics. So in our culture, college athletics has been set up as the reward. You work hard, you get to go play college athletics. You, in some respects, uh, have college paid for um, And even if that's not realistic in my sport, I'm usually told that by the youth high school and club coaches that are are pushing me to be a part of their club or organization or high school team. And that's the reward. I'm going into this thinking, if I work hard, if I'm good enough, I can compete at this next level, college athletics, which in the vast majority of the cases is the highest level I'm going to be able to attain as an athlete. Very hard to go pro in most sports. Um, well, all sports. And some sports don't even have the pro option, uh, not easily uh, readily available to them. And so college athletics usually is it. So it is a huge decision, especially when you look at the fact that we're talking to 16, 17, 18-year-olds and their parents, who maybe this is the first time either they've gone through the college search process or it's the first time with a student-athlete. And so everything is heightened. Everything is urgent. Everything is what if we make a mistake and the fear of missing out and all these psychological factors working against making a reasonable, quick, logical decision. We are doing the opposite if we are prospects and families. We are caught up in emotion. We're caught up in the what ifs. And the easiest thing to do in the middle of all that is to say, yes, I need more time. I want to delay a decision coach sometimes even if we know that decision is the right decision we still want to delay it so that's the situation and why you're running into it so often because it's human nature and let's not fight it let's not be a um, you know just have a bad attitude about these kids they're not deciding it's natural for them and because it's natural for them we need we need to take this next step which is directing them out of this morass and all of this analysis paralysis, uh, which is a very, very known, common, almost scientific term uh, in sales and marketing. The paralysis of analysis. In other words, I can't make a decision because I'm analyzing everything to death. And we need to get them out of that. We, as the leaders of the sales process, and yes, as I've said a lot of times before, this is a sales process. If you're listening to this podcast and you are a college coach, you know, whether you like it or not, you are a salesperson. 80% of your day, 80% of your week, you are selling. Why? Because you're recruiting. Very little coaching involved with being a college coach. Most of it is administrative work. 
it's counseling, it's uh, planning, it's the administrative tasks along with the job, and of course, a big chunk of it is recruiting. So you are a salesperson, and in a sales process, there is a buyer and a seller. In this case, your student athlete and their family are the buyers. You as the coach are the sellers. Your job is to lead them to a decision. Now, preferably, if it's a recruit that you want, that decision is a yes. We can't always get there. Sometimes it's a no. I need, as a recruiter, to find out which one that is as early as possible and and then make a judgment call. Is it? Do I still have time to turn around this no that they just told me? Uh, or do I, I sense that they're just not ready yet and they're dragging their feet, they have a lot of question marks? Do I have enough time? Or is it worth the investment to pour into this particular family and this particular prospect to get them to change their mind? Well, that, that's up to you. That's why we want to know where they're at so that you can make that call. That's the core part of our job, by the way. When we work with clients and we have 750-some coaching staffs on, you know, relying on us to help them uh, work through their student-athlete list and prospect, both from creating the right messaging for that class to sell them on that school and that program and that coach to helping them analyze when is the time to ask, um, so on and so forth. So um, this is our daily job. And so we see it every single day. When a coach doesn't lead, then that vacuum is filled by the parents leading or the athlete leading or somebody outside the, the, the coach leading or an advisor or a relative that, that played a year of college sports 20 years ago and now they're the expert in the process and they're going to have the family go through uh, the, the process the way they think it should be gone through. Whatever the case, if at all possible, I as the coach don't want to relinquish that role of leading them through to a decision and handing that off to somebody else because when I do that, I do hand it off I'm now surrounded by unknowns and I don't have control of the decision-making process. So we're not, in leading somebody out of this morass of not being able to make a decision and delaying a decision, we're not suggesting, I will never teach somebody to pressure an athlete to commit. It just doesn't work very well, first of all. And and also, we'd all agree it's unethical and, and that's not something that most coaches find a lot of success in. When you pressure an athlete, What's going to happen is a year or two or a semester later after being on campus, they're going to find out they made the wrong decision, that you're the wrong coach, that you did trick them and pressure them, and they now have an avenue out, which is to transfer. So it's just not a long-term winning proposition, and it's probably not the right thing to do, definitely not the right thing to do. And um, so we're, that's why we don't recommend it. But your job is, on the other hand, to help lead them to a decision. So... In that, what I want you to do is be proactive. How do you be proactive? When you have an athlete that's just told you, hey coach, I thought I was gonna be ready, I'm not, or my parents want me to look at this other school, or hey, there's just one more school, a coach just contacted me, and my club coach wants me to take the visit because he, think he thinks it would be a good program to, to consider. Whatever their delay tactic is, um, I want to solve that. Um, now, a timeout real quick. How do we know they're delaying? Well, if you have defined what your timeline is for them to make a decision, if you have instituted a start point and an end point 
And the endpoint being, here's the very latest you could tell me yes. Uh, if that's been defined, or if the athlete has defined it and you've agreed to it, and I like option number one, by the way, where you are you are the one defining when you uh, expect and want the decision based on what's going on in your program and when you want to be done, I, that's, that's the preferred option. But let's just say you take the more passive-aggressive approach and say, when do you want this decision to be wrapped up? What's your timeline for making a decision? And they give you one, and now we're at that point. What I want you to do uh, is, so that we know when it's, when it's late, when they're delaying, you have to establish and talk about with them their timeline. And that means you have to institute that timeline. So we have a lot of different um, resources, articles galore, uh, videos, past podcast episodes that you can download that talk about instituting a timeline uh, and and how do you set a deadline. No matter what division level you are, what sport you are, how you've done it in the past, doesn't matter. There's a way to do it that's very successful. We won't go into it now because it's a s- totally separate topic, but you need to have a timeline in place because that's what really defines whether they are making a decision late, early, on time, so if we're, if we're defining all that, we need to be able to all agree, both us as the coaches, them as the prospects, that it's time and we agreed it was time and, and now you're delaying. So we need that definition. Go back, look things up on the dantutor.com website, go to the blog, go to Honey Badger, search in a keyword in the search bar or the archive uh, section and just type in timelines and all sorts of stuff will pop up and you'll be able to maneuver through that. Uh, So once we establish that and now we have defined that they are delaying, we need to do some very careful things process-wise to get them to come out of it. Um, And these are in no particular order because I think they're all important and one doesn't necessarily rank higher than the others, but they're all things that you can do to um, to make sure that you understand and talk about or are able to define for them what needs to happen next. We'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, have you heard about Busy Coach? It's the organizational resource college coaches rely on from Mandy Green, our trusted voice when it comes to running your program, creating more time in your day, and becoming a better leader. After the podcast is over, head over to busy.coach and find out about all the tools she's giving coaches around the country. And now, back to the show. Tip number one, when they say, coach, I just don't know if I can decide or I need more time, tip number one is ask this question. So, prospect it seems like you're trying to still figure out some things about us. Uh, I'm wondering, give me, give me two or three things that, that you're still trying to define about us that maybe is uh, causing you to delay your decision. You can put that in your own words, but the key concept here is to accept the fact that there's going to be a delay, at least agree with them. And now what you're saying is walk me through what it is that you are trying to still figure out about us. Now, I want to say that versus what's the objection or asking something that would would be a yes-no question. Is there anything more I can answer for you? Well, that's a yes or a no, and if it's no, then we're stuck. 
because now the conversation's over. So I don't want to say anything that would cause a yes or no response. What I want is something that says, all right, there are things that are obviously uh, on your mind. You're still trying to figure out or define about us. Uh, There are questions that you're still trying to figure out and answer about us. Walk me through what are those questions? What are you still trying to figure out about us? When they give you the answer, what you have then is your assessment on the fly of where they're at in their decision making. And secondly, and very importantly, it tells you, are we able to move forward with this prospect? Can we answer her questions? Can we get past his objections based on what they are? But until I hear them, I don't really know what they are. So again, this this first strategy really involves now some fact-finding and some digging on your part that will tell you that answer. Are we going to be able to get past this? Well, first, I need to know what this is. And you asking this question will give you the answer and give you your direction that you need to move forward in the process. Tip number two. If they are delaying because they're saying, hey, I want to go visit another school, another coach just contacted me, my dad wants me to go and visit and talk, and so we just need some more time. If there is another place that has popped onto the radar that is causing the delay, the question that I want to ask them is, okay, so you're going to go to this place, and I get that, you know, they're interested, that's good. Um, What are you hoping to find there with that program, with that coach at that school that you didn't find at ours. So basically what I'm asking when I ask that question is, it sounds like you're searching for something different or better. And even though you like us, there's still something missing. So what is that? And again, it sort of connects with the the first tip that we gave. What we're trying to do is figure out in their mind what's lacking, where what doesn't fit. Even if there are a bunch of things that they do like about us, If there are two or three things that they don't or that they have an objection about or that they just can't get past, I know, and you should know, Coach, that based on all of our research, that's going to be the thing that that prevents them from uh, from ultimately committing. And how many times have you been through the recruiting process? The recruit talks about everything they love, everything that's great, how it's a good fit, and then at the end, they pick another school and eventually you find out, well, there were these one or two things that they just couldn't get past. You were too far away from home. I didn't like your team colors. Whatever it was, they pick another school. This is a way to root that out early. I need to find out what they feel isn't a good fit about our school. Now, sometimes, and value in asking that question is that sometimes you will find that they have misinterpreted something. They have a misconception about you or your school and program that they're now using as the reason they're not interested. So again, if I ask this question and I find out from them that, wait a minute, you have this misconception, let me correct it. There have been many, many recruiting situations that have been saved by this strategy because then a coach is able to answer it. Whereas if it just goes untalked about, undefined, you don't know about it as a recruiter, how am I going to answer it? How am I going to turn it around? They're not. You're not. They're going to walk around with this misconception, not telling you about it because they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to ruin the chances of going to your school in case they need to use you as a fallback, and you never get a chance to correct it. So again, 
what I want to do is if there is another school or there's a delay that they're mentioning because another school has popped onto the radar, then I want to make sure I understand what is it that you're looking for there that maybe you didn't find about us or that they're, you're, they're trying to make even better in terms of your situation them versus us. It really works. Point number three, what if the prospect is delaying because, coach, I really need to know what my total financial package is and uh, I can't, I don't have that information now and that's causing me to just, I can't commit without knowing. Now, of course, this is going to apply a lot to any um, non-full scholarship uh, sport and program at at the Division One, Division Two level, or NAIA level, it's going to apply to every Division Three when it comes to just knowing the financial package. So, at Division Three, you obviously can't offer athletic scholarships. It's all going to come down to money, financial aid, a scholarship at the school, how they're going to package it, and what that final number is. And this is really something that drives a lot of coaches crazy—not just in Division Three, but at other at other um, schools. You want to wrap up your roster. And they're saying, it's about the money coach, and I can't decide until I know how much money. And on the surface, it seems like it's hard to argue with that because, um, hey, it's college education. And maybe you're listening to this and you still are working off your student loans. And you were not that crazy about the fact that you paid maybe too much, if that's in the back of your mind that you thought you did, or just the whole idea of money. I think coaches in our society are very sensitive to that. It's a touchy subject when it comes to college athletics and just going to college, period, is how much it costs, how much are we going to have to pay. So very, very much the parents, the athletes, the students are focused a lot on the cost. And and going along with that, how much are you going to give me to come play the sport here. So if that comes up, Coach, I really can't answer you. Need to wait until I get my final package. The best way to move forward with that, assuming that uh, you want to um, you want to you want to give them uh, you know leeway and, and not feel pressure, but at the same time get an inkling of what they're thinking and and a direction on, on for you and your program. What I would recommend doing is first of all respond with hey completely understand um i felt the same way when i was a a student athlete and so i get it um and i would ask the parent then to and this is where relationships with the parents really come in handy when it comes to the money question in most cases the parents are very involved with that it's not just a student decision most of the time so i want to ask the parent have you filled out our school's net price calculator. Now, I'll stop there because you probably have been told by your school, we don't like to use the net price calculator, even though we are required by law to have it on our website. We don't like it. It doesn't take into everything into account. It doesn't add these other random scholarships. It doesn't factor in this and this. I agree with that, and I understand that, and it's certainly not a final number. But what it does give you if, if you were to, let's play this out. If you were able to go to the uh, parent of your student athlete and say, have you filled out the net price calculator? No, do that. I'll call you back in two or three days. Let's talk about it. The parent does that using their best estimates and being walked through that student or that net price calculator on the website for their student. And now you're following up with them. Hey, what did the net price calculator say 
you were going to have to pay to come to our school. And just using random numbers, it said we were going to have to pay uh, $17,850. Okay, the important thing to focus on is not, oh, that's too much. I know they're going to get more. Uh, doesn't matter. We just need a number to work with. So now you have your number. You have the $17,850 that the net price calculator at your school said they were probably going to have to pay. What I say next to that parent, remember, in the context of we need to wait, we need to delay until we get the final, final official package. What I'm going to say to that that uh, parent is, or the student, if we happen to be talking to the student, is, okay, so if it ends up being around $17,850 to go to school here and play our sport here, is that a number that you feel is fair and that you would be able to do over the next four years? So if this, then what? If this number is the number, then would you be able to do that? Pretty simple question. Based on what you know about your family, is this doable? And I might even add in that that if it's if it's around seventeen thousand eight hundred fifty dollars, give or take two or three thousand dollars, could be a little better, might be a little more expensive in case you you know have different earnings for the next year. But if it's around that number, are you able to do that? What are the possible answers that that family gives you? Yes, that is, and that's what we figured it was going to be around that. So yeah, we could do that. Great, you have your answer. If on the other hand the answer is no, coach, are you crazy? I can't, I can't do that. Uh, we can't afford that. Um, she needs a full scholarship, and she's really good, so she deserves a full scholarship. And you know, all along you can't give her a full scholarship. Okay, if it's a no, I need a full scholarship, or maybe we could pay three or four thousand dollars a year. And you know, your school is not going to be able to offer that. Guess what, coach? You have an early answer that 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 might be the wrong prospect. We can get them to love campus all we want. We can get them to show show them how perfect we are when it comes to the academic fit with what their goals are after sports. And yet, if they can't afford it and they won't pay for it, are we really talking to somebody that's right for our school? The answer, I would say, is no. If, on the other hand, and most of the time you're going to hear an athlete, a family say, well, you know what? Maybe. I think we might be able to do that. It just depends. I'd love it to be lower, but eh, maybe. Okay, I'll work with that too. So in two out of the three answers, we have a positive outcome that we can move forward with. And even the third option, which is no coach, I can't afford that. I need a full. We've just saved ourselves five or six or eight months of recruiting, hoping that all of a sudden they they switch their decision on on money. And we know that that isn't likely to happen. So when you run into, again, third point we're talking about here, when you run into the delay because I need to know what the full package is, my recommendation is to go down that line with them and find out if this real number that they found out from our our website is the number that ends up being true, are they able then to be at our school? It's a great what-if situation that at least, at the very least, gives you insight into their thinking and if it's possible, and that's really what we're looking for, is, is that. 
fourth point, and I'm going to make this the last one because it kind of covers everything. I, I really wanted to focus on the three very specific delay tactics and situations that we hear coming from prospects, which we've done. And, and by the way, again, I'll say email me, dan at dantutor.com, if you have any other follow-up questions or you just want to talk further and get some more advice that maybe you couldn't find uh, on all the resources that we have on the website. But um, I, I want to give you those. I'm going to give you one that sort of is overarching because sometimes point number four here is when there is a delay and they really can't f- can't define why they're delaying, it's something nebulous like, Coach, I don't know, I just don't feel ready, or I just want to see what else is out there. And it's very nonspecific, which is probably the most frustrating of all, because where do you take that? Well, I'm going to tell you where you take it. Um, first of all, I think that whenever you hear a delay, an objection, I don't want you to get frustrated or voice any frustration at the prospect. My my attitude would be, hey, I, I get it. This is a tough decision. I've been there as a student athlete, so I know what you're going through. Um, and and so we make that statement just to make sure they know we're on their side. This is not confrontational. It's not a negotiation. You understand where they're coming from. But now I want to move, especially in this non-specific category. I want to move to say, so look, I need your help with something. Um, we have these other two or three prospects that we're talking to, and they want to be here. And I'm sort of waiting on you because you're the athlete that I really want. But I need to give them an answer, and it's not fair that I, I delay. So help me out. You know, what should I tell them? Uh, what should I tell them about how long I would need them to wait? Uh, because, you know, again, I, I want you, but I also need to know what I should tell them. So what, help me out. Like, what, what, what should I tell them? And that is a really interesting question for a prospect to get from you. And it makes them think. In fact, they're going to have trouble answering it, just a heads up, which is, again, kind of what I want. I want them to understand the complexity and the layers that you're working with in terms of other prospects that you're having to toggle and wait around and juggle and delay because you're waiting on their decision. Even if you aren't, I want them to feel that because it's important to understand that they're not all um, they're, they're not the only recruit that you're you're talking to and that is is affected by them waiting. So I would ask that question. So again, we're recruiting these other athletes, but I really want you, but you know they're asking to come to campus again. they're asking when they're going to get their offer. I'm waiting on you. What should I tell them? And that could be, what, could I, what should I tell them based on how much time you think you're going to need? How much are you, should, what should I tell them? Do you think that uh, you'll be able to make your decision? I just want to know what they come back with. Because when you ask this question, and it's very open-ended intentionally with them, what I'm going to get is really some insight from them on how they're feeling. So if you, you'll get one of two responses more than likely. Your first response might be, wow, coach, you know, I, I know, I don't, I don't want to have them wait around and, you know, and me be the cause of it. Um, so yeah, you go ahead and, and you can, you, you can give my spot to them. We will hear that a lot because sometimes, Again, in this fourth area, I just don't, I, I want to look around. I want to see what else is out there. What they're really likely saying is, Coach, I don't want to go and be at your school, at your program. I've decided that, but I don't want to hurt your feelings or make you mad or have you criticize me. So I'm just sort of being 
uh, a little bit vague, hoping that you drift away and we don't have to have this confrontational talk. Um, I need to flush that out as soon as possible and understand what they're thinking and where their direction direction is going. So if I ask them, what should I do in that situation with this either the, these other prospects waiting and they get back to me and say, hey, coach, I don't want to do that to them. Go ahead and offer my spot. They were not coming to your school. They were never going to go there. They just didn't know how to say no. And great. I need No, not great necessarily. But at least you know, you know the answer, and now you can move on. Uh, you didn't do anything to cause it. It's not like you asked, and they were on the fence, and that's what pushed them over the edge into a no. It was always going to be no, but they just didn't know how to tell you no. And we get lots of comments, lots of focus group testing back from athletes that talk about how difficult it is to tell a coach who pursued them for a while, no, it's not them. They don't like to do that. And so they just sort of stop talking, don't return a text message, um, delay a visit to campus, whatever it is to show that um, I'm not going there. But I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not going to go the full way and say, um, yes, coach, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm done and I'm not, I'm not going there. They'll do that. And so I want you to ask the question so that you, um, you, you get that answer. On the flip side, you might say, or you might hear from them rather, oh, coach, wow, I didn't know that. Um, I'll tell you what, let, let me talk to my dad again tonight, uh, and I'll, I'll get back to you here in, in the next day or two because, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's been a while, and, um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what I'm, what I'm going to do. Coach, it's usually going to be one or the other. You're not going to have much in between. In either case, that that uh, line of questioning and that reason tends to be the thing that prompts them to say, "Okay, time to make a decision." Uh, if if any of the other three aren't applying and you can't go very directly into you know again like a timeline thing or a money thing, if it's something vague, then I would use what I just described as a way to to get a, a decision. I don't want you to throw it out all the time. I mean, it has to be used strategically in the conversation. Probably not until after the halfway point. Like when you really are starting to need a decision, then I would use that um, before it gets a little bit uh, uh, hokey and, and you also, um, you know, if you use it more than once, it starts to get old and a little odd sounding. So again, Pull it out when you need it, but it's something that works and it will drive action. Um, so, Coach, look, delays are a part of it. They're playing their game. They're trying to make a decision. You're playing your game. You're trying to make decisions and build a roster. As I as I always say, we work with you as the coaches, and so uh, I'm on your side. I want you to control it. And like we talked about at the start, this is something that you need to control and and these are the best ways to do it and again understanding their mindset and how they're coming into this conversation and the approach to all this i hopefully helps you sort of get an idea of maybe how you change or alter or tweak your strategy to better match the emotional decision that they're going through and how difficult it is understandably to make it and again many of you can remember back to when you were making a decision and how stressful it was um, so have some sympathy with it but control it. I want you to control and be in charge of this decision and guide them into the right decision. Because if you do, you're going to build stronger programs and coach. That's what this is all about. 
College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2023 and 2024. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. Also, remember to rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, tell your fellow coaches about the show. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Oh, oh.